Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Break the Cycle with me, your host, Joshua Smith. I am experiencing some lag on my end. I don't know if you guys are. I don't know what's going on with my internet. Uh, it's been a bitch for like the last couple weeks, and I, I know that you guys know that. You've watched some shows, and it's been a little laggy, so I hope it's not too bad for you. Usually, it clears up in the replay for some reason. I don't know why it only happens while you're streaming, and then all of a sudden, all the frames are back uh, afterwards, but who gives a fuck? We're going to do the show anyways. I hope you guys are having a good uh, Thursday. It's Thursday, right? Uh, you guys remember a few months ago uh, when I was working like every single day forever uh, because there's only two guys at my job and and uh, and there's only two day guys at my job and we we cover the shifts that are each other off uh, well the other day guy got fired so right now I'm back to working all those damn shifts uh, for the next uh, about a month or so until they hire somebody new uh, so I'm a little out of it I'm a little uh, busy uh, and obviously I haven't been doing the show a whole lot and uh, shit just keeps happening dude but we are gonna get back to it I promise eventually I know top lops will be on the show next week uh, I got another good show for you I think on Friday before I head up to Minnesota next week. Um, so that'll be fun. Uh, but guys, check out some sponsors. Of course, we have toplopsta.com, the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend and partner on Break the Cycle, where you can get this great Break the Cycle pillow that you see next to me every week and all kinds of other great shit, including uh, stuff for me, Dave Smith, uh, No Way Jose, Clint from Liberty Lockdown. I mean, all the shows that you guys like. There's stuff up up on Top Lobster. He's got all kinds of great designs. Of course, you can get all the Break the Cycle stuff as well. And if you use BTC at checkout, you can get a 10% discount. Or you can join my uh, Patreon, subscribe star, become a member of this here YouTube channel under all of my videos uh, by hitting the join link where you can get into a private Discord server and get up to 30% off of all of his new gear up to two weeks before it goes to the general public. Now, he's just moved uh, to Florida, so he's been a little busy not putting new stuff out. But he is going to start putting new stuff out. Promise you that. The guy's constantly drawn great shit. So, And, of course, exactly. Executive producers of the show, anthemplanning.com. For all your emergency and crisis planning needs, check them out today. See what they can do for your business, home, or personal life. They're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at, much cheaper and much more efficiently. Seriously, if you guys own a business, go check out anthemplanning.com. You are not going to want to miss it. They're going to give you all kinds of help. I promise you. The kind of help that you need for your business. I promise you. Um, guys, yeah, and we talked about Top Lobster. Uh, I am wearing Black Guns Matter tonight, if you haven't noticed. Being a bitch is un-American. Uh, I figured that was the good shirt for me to be wearing tonight. Uh, for our guest, who I'm very excited about, uh, if you guys remember last week, I had Michael Heiss, the uh, founder and uh, almighty overlord of the, the Libertarian Party Mises Caucus, uh, on my show to talk about the Pennsylvania state sweep, as I'm calling it. Um, or the Pennsylvania re reset, like it just doesn't sound as good as the Reno reset, but we're going for that too in two more months from next weekend. Uh, but it, it included in that sweep was a complete full uh, overturn of the entire uh, committee for the state board. And, uh, and my guest tonight is the newly elected uh, Eastern Vice Chair for the Libertarian Party of Florida. Florida. Ha <laughs> uh, Libertarian Party of Pennsylvania. Same thing, right? Same thing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, no, not at all. But Anthony, it's all good. Anthony Portillo, <laughs> sir, how are you doing tonight? Oh, dude, I, I am so good. Uh, I'm stoked to be here. Uh, hey, Hail Heist. Oh, geez. There we go, dude. Quick. We're all fucking in trouble now, dude. Here comes the finger terriers are going to be here in five I, minutes. I, I, Dude, I have to do it because he hates it. Yeah, oh, yeah. right. Yeah. So I won EVC on. It wasn't even close. It was like I got two hundred and eleven votes. The opponent got fifty. Yeah, it wasn't close. It was like two eleven to fifty. Yeah, but if you ask them, and, you guys, you guys bust in two hundred of those people. It, and that's not true at not all. Not at all. Actually. Not at all. But I, I, that's. I mean, if you ask Nick Sarwak, for also, I mean. <laughs> If, if yeah, you guys started a full-scale brawl and if, fucking all kinds of shit. If you're curious, the CIA's input, you could find it other places besides Star Wars. Yeah, like the New York Times or any of those really <laughs> right. good publications. You know what I mean? Same so, same exact thing. So for me, I'm like, hey, if uh, if like 80% of the LPPA is Nazis, we're doing okay for <laughs> for our job. But uh, but realistically, like I, I've only been involved in the party for like a year. So for me, uh, I'm I was so proud of guys like Heiss, uh, Joe Van Wagner, Mark Bazzacco, Calvin Mingione, Luke, Luke Ensor. There's like I love 12 all those guys. dudes. They're all my very I could list friends. off that yeah. you know all those guys. Yeah. And like Havalka was there, and oh, we yeah. were dude, we had so much fun. It was a great time, but also I'm like, those guys paved the way for this to be what it is. Sure. You know what I mean? So 
I just get the benefit from the work they did. Yeah. Yeah. So. Well, it's it's good, it's good to see people jumping in because I'll tell you, during our campaign, during my campaign for chair in 2020, uh, it was essentially like thousands of people that were like, look, if you win chair, I'll get involved. Right. And I'm like, and I'm like, dude, like you need to get involved now. You want me to win chair? You need to fucking show up. You know what I mean? Don't. This is what communists do. They sit around while everybody else does the work and then they reap the, the rewards, right? If there's even any rewards to go around anymore, right? And so, and so, and, and I remember, it's funny because uh, I remember Pete, uh, 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 Pete Raymond from, from um, uh, Free Man Beyond the Wall uh, was, was uh, you know, he was saying that same shit like two years ago. And now he's like super anti-LP, but uh, it, it, it's true. Like, I mean, look. We, we knew it all along, right? Like Mike and myself back when we were just like a, a very ha small handful of people in a Facebook group talking about ideas. We knew, we knew because we were a part of the Ron Paul revolution, right? And the Ron Paul revolution was, was uh, invigorating and, and fun and it made people want to get involved. And we knew if we brought that energy to the party that people would come. We knew, and we knew that we could win. We knew that we could take it over. We knew that we could take all these positions, uh, these little stupid positions of power that are, that they clamor for. Uh, we knew that we could get candidates to run that would be good candidates. We knew it was going to happen, but a lot of people couldn't see the value in it. So I'm glad that you finally did after, you know, 25 years of us working our ass off for you, bro. Well, I'll, I'll, honestly, <laughs> I, I, no, I'll give you my background a little bit. Yeah, please do. So, We're, that's usually how we start to show off, man. So. Right. So I, I've been a registered libertarian since I was registered to vote. Oh, nice. I'm 39 years old. Oh, me too. Um, I'm going to be 40 years. I'm going to be 40 this year. But also as a kid, like I remember my grandma let me stay up uh, in 1992 and watch the election results from Bush Clinton. And Ross literally Perot. since 1992, well, I remember Ross Perot. But I actually remember him as Dana Carvey on Saturday Night Live. Of course. Back when it was funny <laughs> because he was far better than uh, Ross Perot ever could do. But my grandma let me stay up that night and watch the election results. And literally, this is not a joke. My kids are, my son's 18, my daughter's 16. They will tell you I have not missed a presidential debate, including primaries on either side since then. Like it's, a, it's the same thing as like a UFC fight to me. Right. I'm a weirdo and I've studied politics for a long time. I'm my family's Argentine, but my abuela's from Cuba. It's my grandfather's second wife, but I remember being a kid and her telling me how like Wait, 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 wait. wait. You mean to tell me that you're not a Nazi white dude? No, I'm not Holy I'm actually shit. like not white at all, but wow. uh, so so I'm Argentine and my abuela is from Cuba. So I had a mix of like a family that came from Argentina to America for a better life and a family who fled Cuba because life was so bad there. My abuela would tell me stories where like they literally were like 11 siblings who had patterns in which they slept so they could all fit on the floor at night. And if someone got a cold, they couldn't go to the store and buy medicine. Everybody just got sick. Right. You couldn't even talk to your neighbor at the convenience store because you could get charged with conspiring. My goodness. So for so for me, I'm like, I grew up with this just healthy distrust of the government. And I'm old enough to remember 9-11 oh, and yeah. how it went from like Al-Qaeda hit us to like Saddam Hussein. We have to get rid of him. Like I'm old enough to remember when Ron Paul like was Nostradamus. And everything he said has come true. Right. right. I, I, I'm old enough for people to get behind Barack Obama two times in a row. And he dropped more bombs than George Bush. Like I'm old enough to remember all the fake narratives they fed us. So at this point I was like, Hey man, like I have to get involved in some way, shape or form. And I've never took the LP seriously but I believed in the liberty movement. The problem was, for the most part, the liberty movement looks like Republicans. Right. And I had I, my ex-wife was a Republican committee woman. I saw the inside of that world and I wanted nothing to do with it. And then I met Mike Heiss and uh, I heard about the Mises caucus and I was like, hey, these are guys I want to talk to. And I got involved. And from there, I was like. 
hey, these are the dudes I want to go to war with. Right. And then I brought my girl into the fold. And my girl was like, hey, these are the people we need to go to war with. And and then I brought my kids in and was like, hey, this is the family we're building now. Right. This is so much different than politics. This is like now it's these are dudes that I legitimately love. Like I talk to these guys and we get off the like when we're getting off the phone, I'm like, I love you, bro. I'll talk to you tomorrow because we're probably going to talk tomorrow. It's insane. Like the culture that we built here is so crazy to me. And we'll get into some of the shit I got going on. Sure, sure. But I want to hijack your show for a second. Oh, go ahead. Please do. Because you got a VC run coming up and I see you got a little funly thing going on. How sure are you of your goal right now? Uh, I think we're about uh, uh, $1,800 from the goal or something like that. So, All right. So listen, I got 50 right here nice you can see it cash money on camera i'm donating awesome thanks man so, uh, so that's i'm gonna hand that to the wife who's gonna yeah, she's gonna put that into the she'll put that right? into the internet <laughs> it goes right into the internet into the but also, account. i would love to see some super chats of people who are supportive of the cause that are willing to put their money where their mouth is yeah yeah absolutely man super chats are great set the example yeah yeah please do or just go to the funly you know what i mean find me it's all over my twitter it's all over my twitter and you either can, way just either way yeah it's help it deal. help me out look here's the deal so and I've, i haven't really talked publicly much about this so in 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 2018 for my campaign i traveled to about 20 i think it was 27 states right uh, over the course of uh, six months or whatever, I went to a lot of states, and it was like I was working full time. I was working Monday through Friday, uh, Monday through Thursday, four tens, flying out every Friday and flying back every Sunday, and working Monday through Thursday. I did that. I think I did that straight for three and a half or four months straight, right? Um, and then at the end of it, uh, I let go of my job so I can finish the campaign, uh, and I was doing like little random shit around, like you know, side shit while I was when I was home. And then I hopped on Adam Kokesh's bus for two weeks and and took that around the country for a while. I put a lot of fucking time and effort into that campaign, but people donated really well. I mean, really, I, I think I think we ended up raising about I don't know, uh, between it was between eight and ten grand. I know that, um, and uh, it was very helpful. But I still spent even at, at that much raised. I still spent thousands of dollars of my own money. Then in 2020, uh, we raised a little bit of money, but then we got cut off from traveling because of COVID. Uh, I think I had gone to 12 conventions already before before March, um, and they cut off they cut off because of COVID. Uh, so I stopped raising money because I was like, well, I'm not traveling. I don't need to raise any more money. So I stopped. So we didn't raise much money that year, but it was enough to get me to where I needed to go prior to that, and I still spent a couple thousand dollars. This year, we've raised probably, truly, uh, around three grand. Tops, max. Um, and I've already been to three conventions last time I took my kids and I've been taking my kids to conventions and shit too. So it's more expensive. So I'm still spending my own money, a lot of my own money, uh, even with, with people. Donating. The PA, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I, you know, I had a, I, I had bought, this is going to piss people off. I had bought a plane ticket to PA already. And, uh, oh, well, yeah. And, uh, and I ended up not being able to go cause I, I had, uh, that shit happened at my work with the guy. And so I had to cover that weekend. So I couldn't go. It was like, it was like the one, the worst possible weekend. Cause now if I need a weekend, I can take, I can either take my PTO and, and the boss will cover or something. But it was like the one weekend that I had to go to work. And I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me, dude. Like you gotta be kidding me. So, uh, I had to miss that unfortunately, but, uh, but yeah, if you guys, you know, if you want to, if you want to help me out and you want to win this thing, I mean, we are literally two months away from Reno. I mean, that's it. It's over. It's only two more months. So, so I, I have a very limited amount of conventions that I can get to, um, and I'd like to make it to those, but I cannot do it all on my own dime. There's no fucking possible way whatsoever. So, and I know I'm going to Minnesota, Kansas, probably driving up to Ohio, which is about 10 hours away. Um, and, uh, I'm going to try to make it to Texas for one day. So, uh, that's, that's, that's my current tentative schedule. Um, and what I've raised is not going to cover that. So, uh, if you guys want to help me out, please do. So I'm uh, one of the two people who put together the uh, proposal for next year's LPPA convention. Uh, the other person who put it together with me, Allison Graham from PA, is anyone on the LNC needs to learn about this chick. Sure. She's legit a career historian. She's a gun. We put together a, con uh, a convention proposal and literally like every place I was like, hey, I can get them to give this this place for this much money 
she was like, so there's a story behind that. And this guy was related to this guy and his second cousin signed the declaration. Jesus. So, so if that proposal passes, you have to commit to come to PA in okay. 2023. Next, next, time, next year, I'll come to PA. I'm fine with that. I can All right, that. bring the kids. Dude, I have a gang too. Well, I don't know if we'll be able to bring the kids because that's a, that's a flying to convention from here, from Iowa. Fair enough. So, Where, so, I, yeah. I live in um, Iowa. I live, I live right outside of uh, Des Moines, Iowa. And so um, okay. we, we can drive my, a lot of places. Bro, bro, my favorite band of all time. Slipknot. I'm going next. Yes. Yeah. Next Saturday, I'm going with my the wife and kids and my sister and my kid's stepdad. We got a whole gang of us driving two hours. It's so funny because I see Slipknot Reading. It's the 31st time I've seen them in my Holy adult shit. life. I've That's a lot of time, seen dude. them. Every time they've been in the tri-state area in the last 20. Well, it's, years. it's funny because I just moved to Iowa two years ago and uh, um, actually exa- almost exa- just a little over two years now, like two years and two weeks I've been here. And uh, everybody you meet in, in the Des Moines area, right, is somehow twice removed from Slipknot. Everybody, everybody meets like, oh yeah, my cousin's dad uh, bought the Sean's old house when he moved out, and, and and oh yeah, Corey used to play at the pool hall that my good friend owned, and I hang out there now, and I'm like, did you hang out there when Corey was there? No. Well, you don't know fucking Corey, okay? And, and it's like everybody you meet in Iowa, everybody is like twice removed, twice removed from Slipknot. They all know him, and then there's people that have like legit stories that I know that like like saw Corey striking down university Avenue at like three o'clock in the morning, butt naked running down the street. You know what I mean? Like there's some people that have those kind of stories too. Like legit, legit. Ones. I have a, I have a picture from 1999 outside of the electric factory in Philadelphia where it's me and Corey Taylor. And he has his artist past in front of his face. He has rainbow bracelets on his wrist and a shirt that says, I fuck sheep and a straw hat. Jesus Christ. <laughs> like, Sounds about right. Literally Sounds since right. I took that picture, I haven't been able to convince people that's actually Corey Taylor. But it, but it was. <laughs> that's yeah. the type of picture it is. Well, in 99, they but, weren't showing their faces in public at all. No, not no. at all. Now, but, now, obviously, everyone knows who Corey is. It doesn't matter. But uh, uh, yeah, back then right. it was like, I remember, I remember 99, 2000, we were like, it was like a we it was like a chore. We were like trying to find pictures of the band without their masks on and you couldn't do it. Like you literally could not do it. Because yeah, I'm a Stone big slipknot Sour fan too. Ruined it all. Yeah, I'm a big slipknot <laughs> fan too. I've been listening to Slipknot since I was in high school. A long time, dude. So uh yeah, me too, man. Me too. And uh and uh I still listen to Slipknot, but definitely I was my favorite my favorite <laughs> album. And that fucks with some people. People are like, Really? I'm like, Yeah, dude, it was definitely their heaviest album. I fucking loved it. My- my favorite song of all time is the Heretic Anthem. Oh, dude, it's so and the good. The funny yeah. story behind that is I literally spent like three and a half years of my life as a preacher. Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> so so it's actually like even more nice. of a fun song. I spent, about, I spent about a decade of my life as an as an atheist. And then uh, I, I found God again. So I'm like a, I'm like a oh, born again. Oh. Do you want to have that conversation? I mean, we can if you want to, dude. We got we got oh, we got like go. another 40 minutes. So. Yeah, let's go. Yeah. So, uh, so I was a, uh, I, I was a shithead teenager. I sold a gang of drugs. Was involved with Me terrible people. Sure. Got myself in trouble. End up uh, doing a little time. And in the process, I found Jesus, or He found me. However, people like to shake that. And uh, I, I had a good story. So when I got out, I got involved in the church, and they were like, "Hey, you're cool talking in front of people." How I got out of jail in December, Easter Sunday, I preached two services in front of like 5,200 people. Holy crap. And then they handed me a check for 5,000 bucks for my ministry that didn't exist. Five, and long story short, wow. dude, five, a 5K for a non-existent ministry. So fast forward, like I legit wrote a book and like preached all over the place and planted churches it was crazy, but also I'm like slightly autistic. So sure. when I get in a vibe like that, it. right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I, definitely. If you don't think you are, you're worse than me. <laughs> yeah. Are. You're worse. If you don't think you're autistic, you're <laughs> right, a worse yeah. autist so, than normal. People. So I'm like, I, I, I like, I, I studied myself crazy. And in the long run, like I almost, I basically like studied myself out of belief. Jeez. Fair. Fair. Yeah. And I had seen so much shit that it was like I had to like logic and reason it. And finally I gave it up and I was like, 
hey, I'm pretty well convinced that it's all kind of bullshit and like psychological stuff. And then I did DMT. Oh, and that, yeah, that totally <laughs> fucked up. Uh... And, and then I was like, okay, so God's definitely real. <laughs> it's just not what I thought it was. It's it, There's something out there. And if you there. would like me to explain it to you, I can't, but I can kind of lead you in the right direction. Do you want to know something really Tell fucked up? a story up? about a cactus and a toad. Uh, for, for, <laughs> yeah, for, for people that have done uh, DMT, this is going to be really funny to you. So when I lived in, when I, I lived in Portland, Oregon for seven years, right? Or, or the surrounding areas right outside of Portland, mostly. I, I did live in Portland proper, like on the east side, the southeast side for, I don't know, maybe six months to a year. Uh, but the other seven, six years, I either lived in Vancouver, Washington, which is right across the Columbia River from Portland, or south, south of Portland in Beaverton. And, uh, um, and I kept trying to get out of there and move and move and move. And it was just, it was impossible. It's like a, it's like a time suck. And then, uh, after seven years, I finally got out of there, uh, because of my campaigns actually, thankfully. But, uh, um, so it rains like 280 days out of the year in Portland, Oregon, dude. Like it's just fucking constantly drizzling. It's not even like a rain. It's just a shitty, annoying, gloomy, fucking overcast. Like, like it's just sad. Yeah. It's sad all the time. Right. And so like, (laughs) and so like when the summer rolls around, which really is just like the last week in August, right. Uh, when the summer rolls around, it's actually, it's a little bit longer. I mean, they have like a, it's July to August, (laughs) right? Yeah. It's like July to August. Like there's like two months of, of summer. And uh, they have like awesome fucking beautiful nature everywhere. It's one of the most beautiful. That's the thing that people don't understand about Oregon and Washington, right? Like you, the people there deal with the sad life for nine months because of how fucking gorgeous that place is. I mean, they have, you know, Mount Hood and Mount St. Helens and they have fucking river after river. The Columbia River Gorge is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been in my life ever. But they have all these great rivers. And so, you know, me being a single man who worked in bars i was like i was like bartending going to college and shit like that um i as soon as the the sun came out right i was in a tube floating down the river with like thousands of people i mean that's what they that's what you do you, they go you go to the clackamas river you, you everybody you know parks in one spot we drive everybody up to the top we float down for like six hours with a fucking floating floating ice chest and drink beers and party and on the river it's a great it's a great time i mean that's probably one of the most fun things to do in oregon and in fact they did a whole segment of it on portlandia if you remember i don't if you ever watch the show um and so so i had a good time but uh the first time i smoked dmt i was floating in a fucking inner tube in the middle of a river around i don't know 6,000 people and and I was hammered fucking drunk dude okay like like I had been drinking for like five hours four hours floating down the river in the sun all day long right and and uh my my, my buddies pulls out what looks like a fucking crack pipe to me you know and I'm like I'm like dude uh are you smoking meth right now like in the fucking river dude he's like nah man it's DMT, dude. And I'm like, okay, you don't look like you're on meth. Okay, okay. What's it's DMT? Oh, really? It's like you're doing that fucking drug right now? That's the one you're doing? And I'm hammered. I'm hammered. And I'm probably super high too. Like I've been smoking weed all day. And I'm like, all right, cool. Fucking hand it over. You know what I mean? And so I smoked DMT for the first time on a fucking little inner tube, right? With beer in my hand, floating down the river in the sun around a thousand people. And boy, oh boy, was that a fucking experience. <laughs> <laughs> bro but it but in all honesty like not even to like glorify drug use right but if if you think about it in like spiritual terms right you can scour all sorts of religious books and you're gonna mostly find two definitions of god god is light and god is love sure. i've never felt more light and love than i felt <laughs> Dude, in that dmt bro fucking crazy right but also when i came back it was like hey like that thing is somewhere inside me right right? so now i have to change the type of man i am because of the experience i just had and and that actually kind of brings me into like the lp thing where like it kind of set me up to meet the guys like heist and shit that i met because at the time I was like, I had reached like a weird point in my career where I had like a easy peasy job and I was making a ton of money and I could work from home when I wanted to. And then COVID hit. And then you're really and working like, from home when you want to. And, and then the world <laughs> went crazy and all of a sudden I wasn't working at all. Yeah. 
And like, I was getting 600 bucks a week from unemployment. And I was like, Hey, I still am making less money now. Like it was, it, it sucked. But also I, it it opened me up to that experience where it was like, Hey, maybe I'm looking at the world the wrong way. Maybe I'm not looking at myself the right way. And then I get involved with all these impressive people. Right. And then I get exposed to impressive people like yourself, like Dave Smith, like, Oh, dude, I'm I mean, like, I'm name... like, I'm bringing back like mildly attractive and model, moderately <laughs> overweight. You know what I mean? Like I'm bringing right, it back, right. dude. So just keep the beard trimmed, man. Cause if you get a tan, you might be, a, if people saw you in a ski vest, they'd be concerned. A little, I know. It, well, you know, it's funny. It's <laughs> fucked up because I am, I am Middle Eastern. You know that, right? Like I, my, my dad's side uh, of the family. I actually didn't know that. I just guessed it. Yeah, no, I, I know. And you know, most people, most people just, you know, like all these fucking idiots online are like, oh, you're a Nazi. You're a Nazi. I'm like, dude, I'm half Israeli. You dumb fuck. Like legitimately my dad's side of the family is from Israel. Always blows my mind when people are like, oh, you're a white supremacist. And I'm like, I don't even really like the whites that much, to be honest with yeah. you. You know what I mean? <laughs> In fact, right. to, to me, the, to me, I'm from California, so the whites where I'm from are like the really annoying, like overly racist, uh, or what is it, the, the <laughs> big bigotry of low expectation racist uh, Karens that are like upper middle class, like liberals. Like that's that I don't like those white people. Those are the kind of white people I really don't like at all. I like white people from the hood. Well, you know what I mean? I, I grew up around like the worst kind of white people, right? Like I grew up in a neighborhood that was like essentially a trailer park with houses right <laughs> and i was the only latino kid in my neighborhood so i was the mexican oh right? yeah, yeah, yeah half the time i was the spit kid i legit had an uncle that called me a spit <laughs> so got. of course of course it's not a joke yeah i'm sure right yeah. i have a friend growing up in my neighborhood and people get upset with this but like legit growing up they called him nigger joe because oh, his dad was black and his mom's white and he still lives in the neighborhood and there's still people that call him that. Oh, of course. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. And I'm like, it, it's crazy to me, uh, that whole experience. So I talk about white people shit a whole lot. Oh yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, it's, it's funny. Like, so, so I grew up in, I grew up, my, my experience was, uh, the opposite. I grew up in, in a project, um, apartment complex, uh, that was full on fucking low income section eight project housing. Um, and, uh, I was one of two white families in the entire, I see, I can play both sides of the thing. Uh, but I, but I, I'm white passing. Okay. And, uh, (laughs) and, uh, and, and so I was one of two white families. My mom's very white. We both have blue eyes. It's, you know, whatever. And, uh, and so, um, I grew up in a, in an all black neighborhood. I mean, we didn't even have Mexican neighbors, dude. It was just straight up all black. And I'll never forget, uh, when the, 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 um, LA riots started, after the Rodney King beating and all that, and the verdict and all that shit, um, uh, was it Mark Furman, the cop? Yeah. And, uh, I'll yeah, never so forget it. where we lived. They were rioting, dude. Right. And we were, we were, I, we're about six hours North, seven hours North of LA. Right. Um, in the Bay area, right outside of Oakland, California. And, uh, and I'll never forget. So there was this dude that lived like two houses over from us named junior. And he was like the head of the Crips in the neighborhood. Right. And he comes and he comes over with Charlene, who's his mama, right? Charlene. And they come over to the house. My mom's freaking the fuck out. Cause my mom, my mom's a really nice, like white lady. You know what I mean? She's not a Karen. She minds her own business, but she's like, fuck, we gotta get out of here. And, and I don't know what's going on. I'm a little, I'm a kid. This was in the like, late eighties or whatever. And so, uh, and, uh, junior comes over with Charlene and knocks on our door. And, uh, my mom's like, yeah. She's and Charlene's like, hey, hey, Cher, open the door real quick. And she's like, you sure? <laughs> and so she's like, she's like, yeah, it's fine. And I'll, I'll remember I was standing right behind my mom. My mom's like, push me behind her, you know, like, hey, stay right here, you know. And she opens the door. <laughs> and she opens the door, and Junior's like, I just want you all to know that you white people are cool, and we ain't gonna fuck with you. Like straight to my mom's that's- face. And and I, I'll never forget. I was like that to me. That I was like, that's the day. Um, that's the day that I got invited to the barbecue, dude. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's the day you got your hood passed. Yeah, that was the I day I got invited to barbecue. And and and, and let me tell you, because because I mean, before that, I got beat up a lot, a fucking lot. And I'm a I was a big kid, dude. But I just I was afraid because I was by myself. I was like an island. I got my collarbone broken. I'd come home with big ass fat goose eggs on my head all the time. I mean, it was it was bad, right? I got invited to the barbecue that day, and nobody fucked with me ever again in that neighborhood. Not once. I don't know what it was. I I think I think maybe they realized that we were like. I don't know, the cool white people or whatever. You know what I mean? And they just never fucked with me again. Not once, dude. It was really cool. And now there are a lot of, some of those people from that same hood, I still talk to and are still my really good friends today. I, almost 40 years. 
40 years old. So that's awesome. But also think about how you turned out because of that. Right. And think about the culture we find ourselves in right now. Yeah. I'm not a hoity-toity little bitch. Right. Right. Like everybody's a pussy. Yeah. And I'm like, yo, like, like I, I grew up in a neighborhood where we would fight on Tuesday and Thursday and drink beers in the woods on Friday. Right. And it was like every fight you got in, like every time you got in a fight, you had a better chance of winning the fight. Right. Every time you won a fight, there was less a chance someone else was going to fuck with you. Right. It's so how it like is. bullying became like a, almost a way to climb like the cultural ladder in our neighborhoods when we were kids. Right. And it made us all strong dudes. And guess what? The guys who won all the fight or lost fights all the time. Like for my neighborhood, they're all dead from like drug overdoses or on the, they're on the, like, their fifth trip to fucking state prison. Right. Right. But the guys who were flexible and were like, hey, I'll take ass whooping here and there, but it'll make me sharper next time. They're all standing strong. So I think you just kind of reinforce my opinion that like shame shaming people isn't a fucking terrible thing yeah no but we need to bring stronger. back we need to bring back bull, <laughs> bullying for sure there's no Seriously, doubt about it I, 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 I talked about this recently um i bullied i helped to bully uh john waldenberger out of the party you're welcome <laughs> dude you can't bully that kid out of the party i don't understand he's qu- like literally he quit a convention publicly yeah then he then he came back and then he was like fuck you and i'm a classic liberal and then now he's like back again, trying to tell people what they should. It's all right. He'll be fucked after like, Reno so bad. He won't. He he he's just gonna I mean, be like. He's, you know I mean? he's gonna be fucked sooner than that. To be honest with you, like currently, I'm not giving any inside baseball information, but the dude literally doesn't have a county that he's an actual member in because every county he's been involved in kicked him out. Yeah. Are you sick to death of pussyfooting around the truth while being constantly fed lies by news and big tech tyrants? If so, then come join me, Dan Smots, on The System Is Down, where we get weird, have fun, and dig into all the dangerous taboo topics like conspiracies, politics, religion, culture, current events, and everything your family just prays you don't bring up around the Thanksgiving dinner table. And I know that reality is scary to some people, so if you're easily offended, just ignore this and go back to making cat memes or whatever. But if you're ready to change the world for the better, come join me on The System Is down at tsidpod.com or wherever you get podcasts that's tsidpod.com because the system is down and truth is taking over yeah oh, oh. so so he's just a shithead online yeah dude he's that's why i don't entertain worst. him he, he tweeted some shit at us when we were going back and forth and i was like i'm not even responding to that dude yeah, he because sucks, dude. if you let guys like that scream into a void, that's all they're going to do. Eventually, they disappear. Yeah, but sometimes he's it's a fun, hero dude. in his own mind. Sometimes it's fun, though, dude. Because listen, oh, have you seen the video of him at the LNC meeting on the LNC meeting? Yes, I have. That was also, worth, that was worth also, all the interactions that I've had with him. That was worth it, right there. Also, I will tell you that he made the mistake of sitting across from me on Saturday. <laughs> So there was an only an aisle between us. Oh, so it was me and my girl here and him and his wife there. And we had a motion to suspend the rules that won like 85% to like the, it, it, it set the tone in the room and I just started goading him the whole time. (laughs) Every time a vote happened, I was like, cope and seethe, bitch. (laughs) So by lunchtime, he had read the room, him and Kevin Gagan. Oh, uh, yeah, that guy. He actually had the nerve out. to show up there. Fuck that guy. Yeah, they rolled out. They went to lunch at the same place as a bunch of us. Yeah. <laughs> so it was so bad because we were all cracking up and just laughing. And they're and all they like were at a table somber. off to the side. Just hey, like, fuck. hey, uh, by the way, Joe Bissell, thank you so much for the $100 super chat. Uh, he Let's got go, Joe Bissell. He got the red one, and he said, "Anthony's a cheap sob. Get more from him, Josh." <laughs> oh shit! All right, I see you, Joe. 
I mean, not no. all of us are like fucking idiots. No, thank you guys. Thank you. You know, I, I used to have somebody who watched my show that was really, really fucking cool uh, that came around when I had uh, Mark Pellegrino, who was who played Satan on uh, on um, uh, what's the name of that show? Supernatural. He was also the uh, yeah. Jacob, the man, uh, Jacob on uh, Lost. He's been, he was in the Big Lebowski. I had him on the show because he started the uh, Ayn Rand party. And um, oh. and uh, I had a, a member that was a big fan of his that came and watched the show and ended up dropping like $300 in Super Chats during that show. Oh, that's awesome. And then for like every show for a week or two after that, it would pop in and just drop $100. And I was like, what a fucking cool person, dude. Like, What a really cool person to do that. You know what I mean? And- and honestly, I, I look at it this way, right? Like I'm Eastern vice chair right now and we have a special election coming up April 5th. It's a Tuesday and it's two hours away from my house. So I hit up six counties next to that county. And I was like, how many people can you bring out Sunday? Me and my girl are coming. We'll be there. We're all meeting here at noon. And then after that, we'll have a get together. The team that locks it, that knocks on the most doors gets lunch for free right right and we'll pay their gas and tolls i got i'm like bro that's that's the type of shit like we need right in the lp and and people are responding we got like 24 30 people going up there to just knock on people's doors we already got the signatures we need so we're just going up there to talk about people that's the important thing just, and you know what's funny is is these these libertarians in the in the party that we're kind of replacing right now right um, around the country, they talk all the time about the Mises caucus and how the Mises caucus doesn't do any work and this and that and this, and they just want to take these positions away so they can get the Republicans in, in acting. Blah, 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 blah. And I think back right to the, all the States that I visited, right? I was, I, I went out and ball, did ballot access petitioning in Ohio. Right. And I, out, I, I out petitioned the, the people that were there. Um, you know, I put together a ballot access fundraiser in, in Alabama and I went, flew down there and hosted it and brought Adam Kokesh and other speakers. And I, I hosted a fundraiser and, a, and, a, and a, um, uh, uh, an auction. And then I did an auction in Illinois when I was their keynote speaker. And, and, uh, you know, I, ho- I've hosted all kinds of things for, for different state parties, not even my own States. Right. And I start thinking about him like you guys have all beat the street there in Pennsylvania. All the Mises caucus guys there have all gone out and, and, and worn holes in their shoes, knocking doors and calling people. And I start thinking, and it's like, that's how the Mises caucus is all over the country, dude. They're all like that. Right. And then I start thinking about the people that were placing and I'm like, you know, I didn't see any of these people do anything, fucking anything, dude. And I've been in the party since 2015 Right. So we're talking seven years now. Uh, I've been a voting, uh, a registered voting libertarian since 2010. Uh, so 12 years. And uh, and I haven't seen these people do any kind of activism outside. I haven't seen them go to rallies or protests. I haven't seen them knock doors. I haven't seen them do anything, anything. Oh, all right. Oh, you hit a hot button issue for me. I well, knew you were going to fucking do this to me, too. By the it. way. In terms of activism, don't tread on Philly. Yeah, that was a good. That's a good rally. I wish I could have went there. Is seriously check out "Don't Tread on Philly." hundred percent. They legitimately got rid of the vaccine mandates in Philly. That's nice. how hard they worked and the shit they did. So the thing that's funny to me is people like to say, "Oh, the Mises Caucus just wants power and shit like that." I've been EBC for two weeks. In two weeks, me and three other people have legitimately recruited 30 people to run state representative campaigns in PA. Oh, no, you dude. No, 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 no. The, the old what? board said you guys won't get any candidates ever. And run oh, no candidate. we're not going to get ballot access. Yeah, yeah. Blah, blah, you guys blah. are fucked, dude. Sorry. They don't, they Steve don't know Sheets knows how to do it better than you, bro. Okay. I mean, he knows how to finish a bottle better than me, but uh, <laughs> that's neither here a nor there. A fucking baby bottle. <laughs> right. But what I'm saying is in 2020, the LPPA ran five state rep candidates. Right. We're about to run 30 plus. But bro, they, but bro, they the took guy, like, dude, they took like 30 uncontested dog catcher races though. Right. Okay. Exactly. So, so here's really the controversial here. thing I'm going to say is one of the things that the old guard, the Steve Sheets and Jen Moores and those fucking Losers. people who changed their voter registration and all that shit because the Nazis took over. Those people like to pride themselves on the Moulton maneuver. Chuck Moulton's a great guy. Yeah, smart guy. I, I like Chuck. Text with him regularly. He knows his shit. Yeah, he's a he's a he's, he's a reasonable middle middle guy. 
Exactly. Yeah. He found a, a, a loophole essentially to get people elected in uncontested elections. Right. So Pennsylvania's claim to fame is we have almost 200 elected libertarians. But how many of those elected libertarians are in positions in which they can actually affect change? I only know one. Uh, I only know one. And we have a couple libertarian mayors. That's that's who I was about. I was, and she, one of them is a Mises Caucus person, by Kate the way. Crosby. Yeah, in case right. you're fucking wondering, uh, one of the only like, truly elected people yes. in Pennsylvania is fucking Mises Caucus. So fuck you. The, uh, an incumbent Republican. And she's a, a badass too, by the way. She's dope. Right. Like, love her to death, dude. <laughs> Legit. You yeah. should have her on the show. Yeah, I should. I should. So, you're right. So from my perspective, I'm like, yo, you it, two years ago, you ran five motherfuckers. We're about to run 35. Right. What happens if we win three of those races? They have no more claim. We're going to be, we are going to be the first group of leadership that got a libertarian in the state house. And we can do it because of redistricting. In Pennsylvania, they just, in Pennsylvania, they Cause just because we, we have yes, one, in, we have one state rep races before. No, but I'm saying in PA, we don't have we yeah, haven't had. A, don't ever forget that we won one. Uh, we won know, one two I'm years sorry, ago. New Hampshire, and, Justin O'Donnell. No, he ran, text no. me in a minute and yell at me too. No, no, we, we won. <laughs> we won one in Wyoming uh, last year, and and in the '70s we won one in Alaska. Okay, so right. you know what I'm saying. Fair enough. You know what I'm saying. All I'm saying is if we can do it once or twice in the same election in PA and with redistricting, now the requirements for state reps, because the district lines went away, are 300 signatures apiece for state reps. So now we also have up-out candidates. So we can stack signatures. So if we have 35 people running for state rep that have to collect 300 signatures or are going to collect 500, do the math and all those signatures count to our up-ballot candidates. Right, right. So if we can get someone on the gubernatorial ballot as a libertarian in PA when they couldn't get Steve Sheets as a congressman for count them one, two, three years, uh, we've proved everybody wrong. So that's God, my dude, goal and all it, this shit. I hope you do it. And also, God. bro, I'm running for state rep myself yeah. and me and two, and there's like four of us. Uh, we're legitimately running a campaign. We're writing a campaign playbook. I'm yeah. working with all the state rep candidates statewide. The first week of April, they're legitimately, everybody's going to have homework assignments. They're going to know how much money they need for a website, what paperwork they have to fill out. I'm distributing it all. We're coming out in force because I want the R's and D's and PA to recognize that like we're we might be small now, but we're undeniable. Right. We're not fucking around and we came here to fight and eventually you're going to lose. You know, you want to know something. We have the people to make that shit happen. You want to know something pretty funny? I'm filed. uh, I am currently a filed candidate for U.S. Senate. Um, a lot of people, nobody knows this by the way. Uh, cause I was, I was going to try and pull some, sh- some, some, uh, some little sneakies on the, uh, the election laws here in Iowa and, uh, run against, uh, um, Grassley, Senator Grassley from Iowa. And, uh, so I am registered with the FEC right now as a, as a U.S. Senate candidate as a libertarian, but you have to get like a lot of fucking signatures, like a lot of signatures to get on ballot. And I didn't have time to do that because it, when I filed, it was like, a week or two weeks before the deadline. Um, and, and, uh, and it was, like I said, we we're going to pull a little sneaky at the, uh, at the, the, uh, St. Patty's day parade downtown Des Moines and get the signatures we needed. But, um, uh, it, it didn't happen. So, so I am registered. I am going to end that campaign and not actually run it, but uh, I filed with them just in case. So I'm a U.S. Senate candidate currently in case you're wondering, but, well, let me paint a picture for you. Yeah. Right. Say we have 35 people and half of them are just paper ballot candidates. Yeah, don't ever run a paper ballot candidate. It's embarrassing. Fair enough. But if we have 18 serious candidates and we can get the signatures we need to make enough noise, the incumbents have to counter our points. Right. So if I'm in charge of messaging... (laughs) (laughs) Right? It's, hey, we're all on the same page. We all know what we're going after and you can like, Hey, I'm going to give you like the guidelines, like, Hey, here's like the basis. Right. But also mold it to your area. Sure. 
If your area is a little more red, you want to message towards like guns, maybe. If your area is a little more blue, you want to message towards decrim. That's fine. However, you want to fucking make it your own, but here's the basis of like by which we're all going to move. You get on a debate stage with some RD, like you can you can win on like just an issue. You bring up masks. And you can get people who doesn't care what their fucking registration says. They're right. like, you don't want my kids wearing masks at school. I'm going to vote for you. Right. We have a unique opportunity right now, which is 100% why I'm, I, I, I support your run as vice chair. Because I think we have a unique opportunity. We have a unique group of messengers. And we have people who have the balls to fucking stand up and say, like, hey, that's not right. Like, think about what's going on. People are like touting Ron DeSantis like he's some sort of champion and they're ignoring the dumb shit he's done right because he's speaking about out about one particular issue and it's like hey I support his viewpoint on that issue but if I say that or if you and I get in depth about that we'll probably get kicked the fuck off YouTube right it's crazy so I I come from it from like Politics used to be downstream of culture, but politicians figured out how to use virtue signaling to influence culture more than they can be influenced. Because ultimately, the peons don't have the money to influence them. Sure. So my view for the LP in in a general sense, even on the national level, is like if we create the right culture – with people and we incentivize people to buy in to what we're about and create the groups that we all kind of create independently. And we all are fucking standing firm together. We can influence politics. Think about how much like all the virtue signaling shit that's going on right now is literally representative of a small fraction of our country. If we can get together in a serious way and make our voices loud enough, we can be louder than those people. Right. Right. And if we can do that, then they can't deny us an entrance into the conversation. Right. And that's what I want to push for. Yeah, I agree, man. I, and I've been talking about that for years in the party. If we can create a culture and, and messaging uh, like strategic focused messaging goals, um, that actually speak to, you know, the, the issues of our time, like COVID or, or the war in Russia or any of this stuff, uh, that's important stuff that we should be messaging about. And we have a national board right now that does none of that. They suck. Uh, and I can't wait to see us get, um, uh, you know, I can't wait to see us get rid of these corrupt fucking loser cowards, dude. I'm sorry. I, I can't stand them. They're such shitty fucking like little, like, <laughs> like hoity toity, just pussies, just absolute pussies, pussies, pussies. I agree, hundred um, percent. Uh, they're bitch-made dudes yeah. that try to act like they have virtuous, like integrity of some sort. I agree. I and agree. I'm like, if you're a real man, you would look at yourself and recognize that you lost the plot. Yeah, bro. hugely, hugely. <laughs> <It's>, but <laughs> you know what are you do? Uh, CD McRae, thanks for the fifty dollars super chat. She says, oh, up, uh, she says, Josh dances like he grew up in the hood. Um, uh, uh, yeah. We'll so to see that next year. I think yeah. Uh, so we went, we went out to, uh, we went out to the bar, uh, when I was in Florida, uh, CD and, uh, fat Dave and his wife and, uh, a bunch of other friends, uh, Duke Chastain, uh, a bunch of our buddies. We went out to downtown Melbourne, uh, Florida and had some drinks. Okay, I've and, been there. Um, we went to the hood bar, which we were like the only white people in. Um, and I, I had had some drinks and I was like, I'm fucking home. Right. Like you could see that they were like visibly uncomfortable. And I was like, yeah, bitch, I'm home. What's up? You know what I mean? Like I was stoked. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and so I was like dancing to the hood music and shit. And they were like, they were like, uh, Hey man, you're definitely, uh, actually Duke Chastain made a post the next day. It said, Joshua Smith is definitely the blackest member of the libertarian party. <laughs> I, I used to be in a hardcore band and we recorded at a rap studio. Nice. Those and, two uh, musics go hand in hand, by the way. And 100%. and it was actually funny because like my hardcore band was kind of a screamo band. So I would go in the studio by myself and all the black rapper dudes would listen to me scream 
and they'd be like, yo, could you do some shit like that for me on the track or like, and they would try to like toy around with the idea. And then one day they invite me to this nightclub. Right. And at the time I'm like, I got a whole bandana. Oh yeah. And then I got like another bandana on top of it. I have a fucking chain wallet. I'm wearing Harley boots. Oh yeah. But also because I'm Latino, I have a Cadillac with airbags and Dayton's. <laughs> yeah. So, so the, the car fun, of my ancestors and it sits on the floor and I get out looking like I should have got off a motorcycle and I walk inside and the music ba- is like my weird science moment. Well, my boy's like, go, go, go. So we're sitting in this little like secluded area and I go to walk to the bar and I'm literally probably the only like Caucasian guy who's been in there since they signed the fire inspection. Right. Right. <laughs> and this black dude looks at me and he's like, can I buy you a drink, buddy? And I was like, why do you want to buy me a drink? And he was like, because if you're with those motherfuckers, you're probably a scary motherfucker. <laughs> and I was like, and I was yeah, like, yeah, motherfucker. Funny. You're right. right. So I was like, hey, I'll take a Heineken. Yeah. And then I got the beer from the dude, and I went back to my buddy Lamar, and I was like, yo, this old head just bought me a beer. And he was like, bro, read the room. You're here with a bunch of, like, kind of rich or rapper-type brothers. They think you're a psychopath, and you're probably, like, the drug dealer kingpin. Probably the scariest dude in the bar, dude. Straight up. That's how that shit works, man. And I was like... Hey, I'll take it if I'm drinking for free all night. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> hey, brother. So we're getting to the uh, we're getting to the end of the public stream. Yeah. Of course, when we end this stream, we'll go into the after hour stream and do uh, oh, 10, 10, 10 minutes, to twenty it. minutes in there where we can really talk shit. Oh, but, can uh, we go? Can we go crazy? Yeah, there? we can go pretty hard in there. So, uh, all right. But, but okay. So, so before we go, by the way. Uh, I want to know what your plans are for the PA party uh, going forward next year. Uh, what What do you want right, to accomplish, listen. dude? All right. So one of the areas where I excel is social events, right? I used to run rock shows. I ran rap shows. I ran comedy shows. My, my girls on a fundraising board, they put events together. So for me, I want to get people together in, in a way that builds camaraderie. So you incentivize people to want to volunteer. I want to create a culture in a way that like we have so much fun together that when a thing comes up, people are like, Hey, how can I help? So that's one thing. Also, I want to run candidates for office that are actually going to win races. So we're right now at like 35 potentially NPA for state rep. So I'm personally quarterbacking that those campaigns. I'm helping all those state reps. I'm, I'm making sure they all have their paperwork. I'm making sure their messaging websites, all that shit is uh, – up to par and i'm personally running myself so for me my goal is to make the lppa a legit like threat to the r's and d's and i want the libertarian movement i want the small l's to take the lppa seriously and i want those disaffected r's and d's to see that like hey ultimately you're in agreement with us so that's the vision and uh, I think if we put it the right way, it, or if we approach it the right way, if we message the right way, we'll attract the right people. And we have such a group of impressive people that we all really like drive each other to all be better. Sure. Uh, I think I'm an impressive guy, but I feel like I don't match up to probably like five other guys on the team. More you know I mean? impressive and, or less impressive than Joel, the other vice chair? I mean, listen, first off, I beat him. He he didn't even show up to the race because he knew he was going to lose. No, I'm talk- not John. He, I'm talking about Joel. No, Gates. I'm talking about Joel. Oh, okay. I love him to death, but he faked a hangover, so he didn't have to eat shit in an election. But I wore his gold jacket, and I talked nice about him. So. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I'm just fucking with him. But no, uh, uh, definitely more impressive than Joel. Definitely better looking. 
and I could definitely get through TSA a lot easier than him. Yeah, he's a little so he's a little terrorist for looking for sure. I, yeah. I I am thinking about having him on the show. Uh, he 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 he's on day like he six. Won't stop harassing. Yeah, he's he on won't. like day six or seven now <laughs> of like of like uh, messaging or of like making posts to me and Dave Smith, which I think is funny by oh, the way dude. because because uh, I love Dave. That's my brother, right? Like Dave Smith is my brother. I love that guy to death. He's one of the fucking coolest guys I've ever met in my life. Uh, finally got to hang out with him in Florida for the first time in person, but. We've talked, you know, on the phone and 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 podcasts and stuff a lot. Um, but that guy's my fucking brother. Last night he got my back to Nick Sarwark on his clubhouse. Uh, but I'm, but I'm tell you something uh, my say. show is not even a fraction of as big as Dave Smith's show is. I mean, his show is fucking huge. The guy goes on Joe Rogan regularly. Okay, like like. Hey man, if you want to come on my show, hell yeah, dude, come on out, come on over, dude. Fucking, we, you know, this right. is, it's not a huge show, guys. I promise you, not yet. Maybe someday. so. I got I, so I got two things. Uh, if you let Joel come on, how about you send me a link too, and I sneak on? That'd be funny. Like when he doesn't know it, yeah, so we can. Oh, you're here for the debate, the Anthony. All right. <laughs> yeah, right. Like we could have a little fun with that. I told so him he can only come on if he wears the gold jacket and uh, and pit vipers. And, and, and you saw my gold jacket gif. I made the gold jacket great again. Yeah, he made. But... <laughs> <laughs> he said he's going to wear something but... better than that. So we'll see what happens. Yes, we'll see. Yeah. But also, if I mean, I saw wagers online about who could do it better. Uh... <laughs> Dude, that's so funny. Did you see? Just did you see? Thinking... Did you see what I did when he he made day six his day six post? I posted the link for our show in there and said, uh, "Don't forget to come hang out with it." <laughs> With yes. Me, and, uh, yes, I was like, that's so funny because he got he was probably so butthurt by that. But here's the so I'm going to tell you the funny thing about the LPPA. Uh, all right, so I won the election Saturday. Sure. Everything's over for business. So I had people like, hey, eat this edible. Hey, oh, fuck, do this. Oh, and then I, I then then I run into my buddy who is tripping balls. And I was like, hey, bro, what's going on? And he was like, go see that girl. Well, that girl happened to be talking to Nick Sarwar. Oh, Jesus. Fuck. I thought it was his wife, to be honest with you, like the whole weekend until someone told me it wasn't true. Yeah. And I like kind of deboed the conversation. And I was like, hey, I heard you have mushrooms. <laughs> and, then, and then she gave them to me. And then I made her give them to my girlfriend. And oh, you had a good time. She's my fiance now. Yeah. Right. So mind you, uh, same night, Tom Woods and Dave Smith are speaking. Oh, yeah. So uh, you're trying not to laugh the whole time. So long story short, we're back at the hotel. I met Tom Woods and I tried to lick him. (laughs) (laughs) And hold on. Here's the funnier part about that is I don't remember that at all. But somewhere in my chaos, I had the wherewithal to tell my girl don't let me meet Dave Smith because I'm too fucked up. Nice, <laughs> right? nice. See, you probably look, look. So, if... so Sunday morning, hold on, it gets better. So Sunday morning, we get to the business meeting, still kind of tripping, and someone's like, "Yo, I heard you try to lick Tom Woods." I was like, "I didn't even meet Tom Woods," and my girlfriend's like, "You definitely have pictures in your, in your phone of you and Tom Woods," and I was like, "Oh my god, did I really do that?" So I tweeted at him and said, I'm sorry, you're still my hero. And he never responded. So he probably hates me. But I'll talk to him. My claim to fame is that if you can help me. I could talk to Tom. Listen, if you get me, bro, if you get me a Tom Woods follow, I'll uh, I'll throw up another 50 bucks. Oh, shit. Tom, he watches every show. So he'll be following (laughs) you. I'm just saying, Anthony Portillo. Yeah. uh, No, no. Hey, listen, listen. Of those two men, uh, the correct one to try and lick was definitely Tom. Definitely, one hundred percent. I mean, so you got you lucked out there because listen, Dave is a hilarious <laughs> motherfucker, but I don't think he likes to be licked. Tom, on the other hand, is such a fucking sweetheart that he was probably just laughed it off. You know what I mean? Also, Dave Smith's like six. He's six. Three, two. He's six like, two or six three. He's the same height I'm, as I am. Fair enough. I'm five nine. Oh yeah. So yeah. I would have had a small I king. Had to reach up yeah. to lick Dave. Yeah, and Dave and, and Tom is smaller than, than you. Me, so yeah. I had yeah. unfortunately the dominant position. Yeah, I think Tom, I think Tom's I, like five. Five, just seven. make it worse yeah, yeah. I think oh, you did Tom and he watches Tom. every show dude I'm telling you <laughs> him and Dave Smith watch every show and Scott Horton He's they all watch every one of my shows uh, I love you guys 
No, I, uh, Hey man, I appreciate you to death, man. Thank you so much for coming on. Hey, before we go, dude, tell people where they can follow you, support you, listen Uh, to you. Anthony Portillo on, uh, Twitter. It's it's Uh, I have a podcast. Yes. Uh, I have a podcast called the broken windows podcast Shocking. on YouTube. Libertarian with podcast. I had no idea. Yes. Uh, me and the secretary, the LPPA, Greg, and we have a buddy Constantine who's currently trying to assess. I love Constantine. Food. He is one of my favorite people in the whole world. <laughs> yeah, we we shipped him. He's on on a top secret mission for for Russia. And currently, right yes, yeah, he's 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 going to handle. Is he? He's out there spreading day. Putin Putin talking points. He's he's, <laughs> he's out there handling big bad Vlad. Sure, and sure. Uh, we have a hold on tracksuits for fair, the foreseeable fair, future. Fair. But when he's back, we're rip roaring, ready to go yeah. with five or six more Igors. I love Constantine. Man. Constantine's <laughs> nice. one of my favorite dudes. I met him. I met him. Uh, my first time to Pennsylvania, I met him. I went to the, uh, they had a, where the fuck was that convention way out in the middle of Amish country? Um, not last year. Last year was uh, way out there too. And the year before Pittsburgh. the year, so, year, the year before Philly. that was in Philly. Was Pittsburgh and then Philly. And then the year before that was the year that I met Constantine. And it was in. I don't know. I can remember the name of the town. Some little ass town in Amish country, dude. I remember I, I <laughs> flew into uh, Philly and then I had to drive three hours after, after flying into Philly. So, and I was Sounds uh, about right. very hungover on Sunday morning and had a, had a flight that left at, I think seven o'clock in the morning in Philly. Um, and so I had to wake up at like three o'clock uh, after sleeping for an hour and Mike Heiss and his beautiful now wife, uh, hopped in the car and drove my ass all the way to Philly. And then they <laughs> turned around and drove back to the convention for Sunday morning. Yeah. And they close. live in Philly. I mean, not in Philly, but really close. So close. Um, uh, they're, they're wonderful people. I love them to death. Very, very wonderful. Well, Glad listen, they got married. I love you, dude. You got to bring me on again, yeah, yeah. obviously. I mean, if you had a contest, I'm going to end up in your top three guests of, of all time. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, I hey, just started all time. The, the year just started. Because I have to show my fealty to heist. Sure. So I can't sure. take, yeah. uh, I can't I get take. It. You don't want to, you don't want to be, uh, you don't want to be dragged publicly around <laughs> the country. You know what I mean? I get it. I know. I know. I got to show my fealty. No, heist knows. But, but also I'm saying if, if you threw a poll on Twitter, that was like, should I have Anthony back? If Heiss is if Heiss is listening, Heiss, are you getting tired of hearing the membership of the Mises Caucus tell you that you have to support me for vice chair yet? Awesome. Are you getting Hold tired on. of it? Hold on. Let's have fun. Let's have me and Heiss back on at together. the same time. I'll bring Heiss on and then I'll sneak you on yes. while Heiss is on. Let's bro. How about I'll just be your like WWE heel. John Cena right? just right in. John and, and, yeah, Cena! Every, every every time you bring someone in from PA, yeah. you just sneak me in and play some entrance music. Oh I got God. you covered. Yeah, I like it. Well, that, I did I did that with the entire Tower Power Hour gang uh on on John Hudak from uh the Fakertarians and it was really funny if you haven't seen that episode. I, I'm not I'm not cool enough to be on their podcast yet. Because, I mean, I'm friends with guys who have been on their podcast. I've made out with Neil Wood from Cult of Us. Sure, sure. Uh, I've kissed Adam Nutter on the mouth. He's one of my close friends. Yeah. I would Uh, kiss Adam Nutter on the mouth. If there was one dude that I'd kiss on the mouth, it'd probably be Adam Nutter. I will tell you a funny story. My soon-to-be wife was like, She's like, you and Adam are gonna fuck one day. And I'm like, stop it. No, nah, dude, you don't <laughs> don't my boy. Don't but be like also, the Marines, like, dude. Don't be like the Marines where you're like fellas, so yeah. Don't like be like that. the Marines where you try to outdate each other to the point of where well <laughs> no, now I we just, have to have sex. I dude. know he's I know he's gonna watch this later and oh, yeah. he's gonna be like, Are we gonna have to have sex? Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I mean, if you ever try to outgay each other, I mean <laughs> you might take it that far. You never know. Brother, I appreciate you so much, man. Thank you for coming dude. on. if you could give me like two minutes to close out the stream, we'll start the members only stream. Awesome. Thanks, brother. All right, guys. Another awesome episode of Break the Cycle. Hey, Anthony's super cool. Go follow him. Support him. Uh, he, he's uh, he's new-ish to the pol- the political world as far as working on, an a-, on, a, on a state board. Uh, so give him all your uh, advice and help and, uh, and support these people, man, that are, that are taking these positions from these losers, from these embarrassing cowards, um, and, and making a real liberty movement in the Libertarian Party. Uh, show, show, your, show your support. Um, to the two people who threw some super chats, hey, thank you guys so much, man. Seriously, uh, 
you know, this campaign is, it's going to be a lot for me, obviously with all the kids and stuff. And so any help I can get, man, I really appreciate it. Honestly, you guys are, you guys are knocking out of the park and I've always loved my supporters here. So thank you um, guys. Go check out my sponsors. Of course we have top the man, the myth, the legend, my good friend on break the cycle uh, who does all of my thumbnails by hand, by the by the way, in case you were wondering, he's really the show. It's not me. Um, uh, you can get this great break the cycle pillow that you see next to me uh, during all of my shows or all kinds of great other gear as well. Um, I wore a black guns matter being a bitch's American shirt, un-American shirt tonight. Uh, but typically I wear top lobster on the show. I hope he's not mad. I had to wear some, some Philly gear, um, but go check that out. And, uh, or you can join the, the Patreon subscribe star, or become a member of my YouTube channel under uh, uh, hitting the join link under all of my videos, uh, to get into a private discord server where you can get up to uh, 30% off of all of top Lops's new gear two weeks before it goes to the general public, super, super discounted stuff. And of course, executive producers of the show, anthemplanning.com for all your emergency and crisis planning, planning needs, wonderful Delaware libertarians, uh, who have their rightful spots back by the way. Um, Check them out today. See what they can do for your business, home, or personal life. They're doing a wonderful job that the government has historically sucked at much cheaper and much more efficiently. Guys, I will have no more shows this week. Only the one. I'm sorry. I was going to do a show tomorrow, uh, but Top Lops had to reschedule. So we're going to do Monday or Tuesday, and then I'll have a cool show for you on Friday next week. And then I'll be heading out to... uh, uh, Minnesota for their state convention uh, next Friday, uh, where I'll get to hang out with David Brady, who I will be on his live show this coming Sunday. So just a couple days from now, uh, David Brady's a really cool kid, uh, uh, young man, Mises guy uh, in college from Minnesota. So I'm excited to be on his show and support him. Um, I will see you on Monday or Tuesday for the show with Top Lobster. But until then, don't forget to break the cycle. to explain the lyrics of my last song may seem to contain a violent call to action in the verse of the frame but I just spent it in Minecraft the helicopter part was in reference to GTA 5 and the things you do so any violence you commit I am not an excuse because I just spent it in Minecraft what chipper is my friend and he's constantly cold accusations of incitement getting totally old Make your own choices, yeah, you have control Because I just landed in Minecraft Obviously I would never advocate force Unless it's due process and a trial, of course And if you're convicted, we will make you a corpse In Minecraft, just in Minecraft There's nothing I mean, you know it No product is just a close to COVID